Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, what's going on? Larry D here. Just wanted to uh, drop this little message in uh, before the show gets started. Um, the interview section of the show the quality of it is not going to be that great. I tested out a brand new uh, Skype recorder because of all the trouble that we've been having uh, with the current one that we've been using, and um, I didn't put the settings in there right. So the um, the bit rate or the compression for the MP3 file um, wasn't what it should be. So you'll notice it kind of has like a metallic sound in the background. I promise I got everything straightened out. So when we have our guest on the show next week, Mike Carrar for the, the Redskins, when we have him on, everything will sound better. There won't be any problem so i just want to let you guys know i am aware of the way it sounds i have taken the steps to make sure that this doesn't happen again next week so i just want to let you guys know that um you know number one we're testing out some new software it worked perfectly aside from the way it sounds this time but that's my fault i'll get it straightened out and uh enjoy the show this week on the chicago bears review after another disappointing road loss in detroit our beloved return home to Soldier Field to continue their rivalry with the Packers as they look to spoil their playoff chances and keep the Pack from tying up the all-time series. Can the Bears keep the series edge, or will the Pack finally draw even? Evan Weston from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company joins us on the Week 15 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. It's Bear Packer Week once again, boys and girls. The game doesn't mean much in the terms. Well, it doesn't mean much, period. It just uh, it gives the Bears an opportunity to play spoiler for the Packers and uh, make it more difficult for them to make the playoffs. I think a loss this Sunday might, uh, you know, might make it impossible for that to happen for Green Bay. What's going on, everybody? Larity back the Week 15 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review and. Uh, We'll uh, have Evan Western on a little bit uh, later. Uh, I'm recording this before I've had a chance to talk to him, so uh, you know we'll see what uh, what transpires uh, when we when we uh, have a chance to to talk. And I think I mentioned at the end of the review episode, despite uh, his allegiance to our most hated rival, uh, he's probably one of my more favorite people. He and Jeremy Reisman are probably my two favorite guests that I've had. Uh, on the show so uh, looking forward to uh, talking to him and and really interested to hear what he has to say uh, especially about that four game losing streak because not only did the Packers lose those four games but they were basically murdered in those four games and one of which was a you know a decisive beating at the hands of the Tennessee Titans where they gave up like 45 points I mean they, they basically had no semblance of a defense 
for those four games. The, the scores in those games were outrageous as far as the points that the Packers have been giving up. But they're on a three-game winning streak now. Just came off a very impressive win over the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm really interested to see which one of these teams the Bears are going to be getting uh, on Sunday, not to mention all the noise surrounding the fact that it's supposed to be the high on Sunday at kickoff is supposed to be minus two degrees on Sunday. So it might be a little chilly outside, and we'll see how that ends up affecting uh, the game uh, as it goes along. But, um, you know, the Bears are 3-10, and 10, as we all unfortunately know. The Packers are 7-6 and six on a three-game win streak, and there, there, are, there, is, there are some stakes to this game. You know, you heard me mention it in the uh, in the preview, or excuse me, in the uh, in the opening, that uh, if the Packers win on Sunday, they will draw even with the Bears in the all-time series. I think it's like ninety-two and ninety-two, and I think they have like six loss, uh, six ties, or something uh, like that. Whatever it is, you know, the last time that this was a possibility was going into Thanksgiving last year, and of course the Bears won that game to keep a two-game lead uh, over over the Packers. And, you know, the Bears lost the first game in Green Bay on Thursday night, week seven. So here the Bears have a chance once again uh, to go back to that two-game lead and uh, make the Packers have to wait another year for another chance uh, to, uh, to try and tie things back up. So, um, you know, it's difficult to, to, to say. I mean, obviously you look at – a seven and six team playing a three and ten team, it's not hard to, you know, to, to come up with a with with a choice on who you think's gonna win this thing. But with the way the Bears have been playing, especially defensively, and all the fits they gave Detroit last week, and um, you know, that they should be on a three game winning streak themselves. You know, we should have beaten Tennessee uh, you know, at home a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we did beat San Francisco. That was a gimme game. It should have been, and it was. And then last week, um, at the very least, we should be talking about, uh, like worst-case scenario, we should be talking about losing the game in overtime as opposed to blowing it in regulation because we couldn't get out of our own damn way last Sunday. So shoulda, coulda, woulda. You heard me mention uh, in the preview or the review last week that uh, you know the Bears themselves should be a seven and six team. Uh, it, just if you look at the at the AFC South games, you know we should be we should have won at least three out of those four games, and uh, you know just uh, whatever. But you know we'll we'll leave all that you know for the pain of the uh, of the um, year in review show when it comes time. Uh, for that but um, you know I'm, I'm interested to see how this game's going to going to turn out because Matt Barkley has been playing well um, he has answered the call too I mean that's the that's the thing uh, it, it, the, the 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 moment hasn't been bigger than him and uh, hasn't been too big for him I should say where you know in the fourth quarter of that Titans game the Titans had the impressive lead uh, the Bears came back and and you know like we've said many times over the last several weeks 
should have won that damn game. You know, if not for Thompson and especially Josh Bellamy dropping those balls in the end zone on the final drive, the Bears come away with a victory. Um, you know, and then it's like, yeah, he, you know, was able to to be the bully picking on the weaker kid last week against the 49ers. And then, you know, but against a, a defense that's most likely going to the playoffs, that most likely will be our division winner. He performed very well, did not make any mistakes. And in the, and once again, in the end, against this playoff team, led the Bears on a drive that at the very least would have put us in position to take the game uh, into overtime. So, you know, Barkley's got his wits about him or has proven to in, the, in his three starts. And, you know, I'm interested to see what he's going to do against a, a team like Green Bay that's surging right now, that, that actually has something to play for. And I hope that the Bears keep in mind or that they're aware of what's at stake for them, you know, and I'm not talking about making things harder or making things. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's rough or possibly eliminating Green Bay from playoff contention. I'm talking more along the lines of what we just talked about a moment ago, and that's keeping the edge in the all-time series. Um, you know, with the victory, the Bears uh, would, would keep a two-game edge over the Packers with the loss, it's all knotted up. So basically, it's zero zero again uh, in, in the uh, in the series. So you know, could that be the one thing that motivates the, the the team to play well enough? And and I'm and I'm 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 reminded when when I hear about the weather and the conditions that we're supposed to be facing uh, on Sunday, I'm reminded of 2007. Uh, and in that season, that was the Bears coming off there. Super Bowl loss in 2-7. Ironically, my first year ever doing the Chicago Bears Review 2007, uh, I was welcomed to the world of podcasting by the Bears sweeping Green Bay in 2007. That was a, a very interesting year for me. The Bears went 7-9 and nine that year, if I'm not mistaken, but we swept the Packers uh, in dramatic fashion. Uh, we won the first game in Green Bay uh, last second. Like the Bears pulled a fast one. Like they they caught the Packers with their pants down in this game. The Bears going forward on fourth and one, and ended up pulling off a play action. Des Des Clark wide open down the middle of the field runs it in for a touchdown. Almost lost my mind when the Bears pulled that off and won the game in Green Bay. And then they destroyed destroyed the Packers. In, in the sick in the second game I think it may have it either been like week 16 or the season finale one of the two but the Bears I mean and ended up doing it just about every way you possibly could in that game 
Erlacher ran back an interception for a touchdown. Peanut Tillman blocked a punt. You know, they beat the Packers like 35-7. to And this was the year that Green Bay went like 13-3 and and were supposed to be like clinching the number one seed in the NFC with that win or something like that. And it made it more difficult for them to do that. They ended up blowing the NFC title game against the Giants a few weeks later anyhow. But... You know, that would have been a, you know, a, a nice little thorn in the side of the Packers had they made it to the Super Bowl and possibly won it. Then they would have had to do that knowing that they got swept by the Bears uh, that year. But, I, but I'm thinking specifically of that game in 2007 was one of the coldest in the history of the series. Now, apparently the, the year after in 2008 was colder than that, but I'm thinking about that, and, when, and Favre is out there, and he's having an MVP-type season. He could do nothing. They're sacking him. Like I said, Erlacher ran back an interception for a touchdown. Peanut Tillman blocked a punt. The whole nine yards, we, you know, it's like we, we scored against Green Bay just about every way possible uh, in that football game and dominated from pillar to post, won the game 35-7, to where I think it was only like our fifth win or sixth win of the of the season and you know I'm, I'm kind of thinking that that this is kind of sizing up to be a game in that sense where no one's really given the Bears a chance to win this game uh, the Bears don't really have a whole lot to play for at this point most of the Bear fans you idiots want the Bears to lose so that they can get a better draft pick you're all morons by the way I think I've mentioned that a few times before just don't get me started and, you know, I think this will be uh, – it's setting it up that the Bears uh, could come in and, and, and win this thing uh, on Sunday. The defense is playing well enough. Matt Barkley is, is playing well enough. We're getting Alshon Jeffrey back and listening to him. A, he was in shape, which means he stayed focused on his four weeks off. He didn't say around, uh, you know, moping, woe is me, and all the rest of that noise while he was uh, at home watching. Uh, that he kept himself in shape, that he looked good uh, in practice, so he'll be ready to go uh, on Sunday. And Matt Barkley will have a legitimate target that will catch the ball eight times out of ten. Now, his his hands aren't automatic, but he's got the best hands on the team, and he's the biggest playmaker that we've had in years. And hopefully that will uh, that will be enough to put us over the top. And uh, like I mentioned in the in the review episode right there towards the end, I said I would talk more about this this week, which was we really need Bellamy and Thompson and uh, Brave. Well, we need to give Braverman a chance. First of all, uh, we need to give him more of an opportunity. And maybe we will now that Marquise Wilson is he hurt his foot again. God help that kid, man. I swear to God. But, um, you know, we need those guys to step up because, you know, just like Green Bay is going to be hounding the line of scrimmage to protect against Jordan Howard, any time that Alshon Jeffrey goes out for a pass, he's going to have at least two Packers with him. You know, so those guys need to step up so as to, you know, force the Packers to play more of a man-to-man or, you know, whatever, so as to uh, open things up for Alshon to make some plays. Uh, on Sunday you know just like I you know weeks ago I was tried to employ the strategy with the Titans where the Titans are going to come out with 11 guys in the box to defend against Jordan Howard we need to come out throwing the ball to get them off the line of scrimmage and give Jordan Howard some breathing room 
kind of the same uh, mentality, if you will. You know, maybe we need to come out and start throwing it to passes to to Bellamy and Thompson and uh, Cameron Meredith and 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 whatnot, and you know, to open things up and and get an opportunity to uh, get the ball to Alshon on Sunday. So the other thing that I would like to see a lot more of, especially if the Packers come out playing the run heavy, is play action. Play action, play action, play action. Because they're they're going to try to stop Jordan Howard. That's going to be their focus most likely. So they're going to want to play heavily on the run. Those linebackers are going to be keyed on on the on the keys, if you will. Keyed on the keys. They're going to be looking for those hand fakes and those pumps and all that kind of stuff. We got to be able to go out there and play do some play action to try to open things up. If that that linebacker, you know, freezes for just a moment, it'll open things up behind him. If that's if that safety freezes his drop for a second, it's going to allow Meredith and uh, Thompson and Bellamy and God help me Jeffrey open down the field that's where our, our heads need to be at mentally anything that will give us an edge that will give us a step on those guys that's what we need to do because we know that Barkley can throw the ball we know that he can throw it so we just got to give him a chance uh, to get it out there and hopefully the offensive line can do what they've done in his first three weeks and keep him clean because I think Barkley's only been sacked like two or three times in the three games that he's been uh, the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Bears. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I would like to see the Bears do on Sunday. And, you know, don't want to see the Bears try to get too cute uh, for themselves and try to outsmart themselves the way Tressman used to, you know, and try to be try to be goofy where he'd bring in three tight ends and a fullback and then try to throw the ball. You know what I mean? Uh, we lost the game against Detroit doing that crap. We brought out, you know, pass personnel and tried to run the ball, and then we brought out three tight ends and a fullback and threw the ball. So it's you know just trying to be, just trying to be slick and trying to be cute and end up getting ourselves hurt and screwed over uh, in those games. So just want the Bears to to play the Packers straight up and and see if we can't uh, get it done. Um, you know, because I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what this defense can do against uh against Rodgers now that it's kind of it's kind of humming right now and uh, Jeff Dickerson I was reading his columns this week put it brilliant perfectly when he said that this defense is a secondary away from being special because the way that our front seven has been playing even missing Jarrell Freeman and uh, Danny Trevathan in the middle has been you know they've still been playing great they've still played well against the run uh it's you know the pass rush is there it's like if we get a secondary that can make the the quarterback hold on to the ball, you know, we'll have guys that, you know, we'll have guys with multiple guys with double-digit sacks and uh, and whatnot. Leonard Floyd really is kind of coming into his own despite my, um, you know, despite my doubts and the fact that I didn't really want the kid. He's working out so far. Um, you know, Akeem Nicks, Hicks, excuse me, has been a beast uh, for the Bears. Eddie Goldman, when he's healthy, he hasn't practiced yet this week with a damn ankle injury again. Uh, when he's been healthy and playing, he's been a monster uh, as well. Hopefully, he can you know gut it out and play on Sunday. You know, put some tape on it, Eddie. Get in there. We need you this week. And uh, you know, Prino McPhee, Willie Young. You know, those guys still know how to get after the passer and and so on. So this will be a week that we really need the secondary to step up because Rogers is hot right now, so he can definitely carve the. Uh, carve the secondary up but that's all on the pass rush we got to get to rogers this week so uh 
anyway, those are my thoughts and, and how I think the Bears uh, should employ strategy this week. I know I usually save that for after the uh, after the interview and kind of close out the show uh, that way. But um, you know. I don't know, it kind of got away from me. I don't really plan these things. I just kind of go in there and I talk about what I'm going to talk about and then, you know, we do what we do and so on and, and, and so forth. So um, one other bit of news that I wanted to bring up, I was kind of disappointed uh, considering the troubles that we're having at wide receiver. And 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 I know it's, it's probably more for PR reasons than anything else, but Michael Floyd, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, was cut by the Cardinals this week because he got busted for a DUI uh, earlier, uh, I think on Monday. Sunday night, Monday night, whenever it was, he got busted for a DUI. He got cut by the Cardinals for it. He's in the last year of his rookie contract. He's not having the best season, but he would definitely be an upgrade over the guys that we have at wide receiver. We would only have him for those three games, and then he's a free agent and uh, and so on. I was just like, why wouldn't the Bears take a flyer on this guy for a few weeks, considering all the trouble that we've had at wide receiver this year? This guy can catch the ball, and that's been an issue. He's from Notre Dame. That's where he went to college, so he's not he's not unfamiliar with cold weather and, and poor conditions and so on. He played with it in college for four years, and uh, you know, it wasn't going to cost the Bears a lot of money to hang on to him for the last three weeks of the season. So instead, who picks him up? The Patriots. So he's probably going to go to the Super Bowl now. And that's if he can keep his nose clean in New England. So anyway, just kind of wanted to see the Bears take a chance on somebody like that. To You know, you don't get a chance like that too often uh, in the NFL this late in the season to improve your roster. And that was a chance for the Bears there. Just thinking in a strict football sense, take a chance on this guy, put him out there. I mean, he's playing wide receiver, so there's not a whole lot about the book that he needs to learn. You know, it's like go out there on this play, you run a flyer out, you know, on this play, you outrun the DB and get as deep as possible. On this one, you would do a dig. That's it. You know, he doesn't have to learn the ins and outs of the offense. Just run a pattern and get open and I'll throw you the ball kind of thing. So anyway, that's uh, that was my thought. I was kind of hoping the Bears might take a chance on him, but uh, it did not uh, happen. So. Anyway, what we're going to do right now, step aside, we're going to bring in our friend Evan Western from Acme Packing Company on SB Nation to help us preview this game and find out his thoughts on the Packers, their winning streak, and that losing streak as well. I want to talk about that and uh, you know, help us preview this Week 15 matchup between our beloved and our most hated. And back again uh, to, to join us uh, to preview this matchup between our beloved Chicago Bears and the hated Green Bay Packers. Our, despite his allegiance, our good friend Evan Weston from Acme Packing Company. Evan, welcome back to the Chicago Bears Review. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see an interesting game on Sunday. Well, you know, I'm I'm hearing interesting things. Did did you notice that it's a little chilly outside these days? Well, I mean, you're on the West Coast, so you don't really even get to sit, deal with it right now, right? Yeah, I am. I am today and and through the weekend. So I'm uh, I'm sitting in 60 degree weather in L.A. right now. But I I came from from the Midwest uh, this morning where it was single digits when I left. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bitterly cold day in Chicago. I think right on, on Lake Michigan there on Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that it's going to set the record for the coldest ever between our two teams. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, supposed to be minus two at is the high for the game on, on Sunday. So minus with the wind chill, you know, it, it will be like minus 15 or something uh, during the game. I would like to note that uh, the two coldest games prior to this were in 2007 and 2008, and the Bears won both of those games. <laughs> so I'm just kind of throwing that out there uh, for you to chew on. Um, but you know, three and ten versus seven and six, probably not a lot of controversy over who thinks the Packers are going to win uh, this game on Sunday. However, it is the Bears and the Packers, and uh, that game in two thousand and seven, you guys were on route to a thirteen and three season. The Bears were circling the drain at like five and ten, so, and we ended up winning thirty five to seven. So we see how that matters in the uh, in the scheme of things, but. Um, it's been an interesting year, especially for you guys uh, this season. You're sitting at 7-6 and six right now. You're on a three-game winning streak. But what I want to talk about first is what was going on with the team during that four-game four game losing streak. I mean, it started with the loss at Atlanta, then uh, then home for the Colts. and the, that It was only 31-26, to 26, the final score, but the Colts were way out in front. You guys had to try to catch up on that one. Then 47 points given up to Tennessee, then 42 the week after uh, to Washington. What was going on with the defense when the lowest point total you gave up in a four-week span was 31 points? Well, I tell you what, it was um, a, a slew of injuries that hit the secondary, and the cornerback position in particular has been just decimated um, over the course of the season. So, you know, you get Sam Shields, who goes out with that concussion in, in week one, um, put on IR, he's gone. Then you had Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall, both down with uh, groin injuries. So you're, you're literally down your top three cornerbacks, and you're, you're down to a couple of undrafted guys and Ladarius Gunter um, as a starter who's who has come on nicely, but um, you know, certainly not. Um, you know, you're, you're not looking for a second year undrafted free agent to, to be a, a, a full time starter um, when you're coming into this season. Um, you know, you look at him as maybe a little bit of a role player. Um, but I think what what that did is it it stressed Dom Capers a little bit because he kept blitzing. And he kept leaving these guys out on an island, even though you know it's it's Gunter and Dimitri Goodson out there against the likes of of Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and and then T. Y. Hilton and and it just it's it wasn't going to work. And, and I think ultimately it's and this happens on both sides of the football. The Packers have always been a very slow team to respond to um, situations that require a change in philosophy, whether that's um, Due to injury, whether that is um, a, a change in player acquisition, anything like that, uh, and, and it, it starts with Ted Thompson, it carries down to Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers, and I think that's a big part of the reason why you saw that that ugly streak in the middle of the season was the the coaching staff just wasn't adjusting to the roster that they had. They were still calling plays and 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 scheming as if they had the roster that they wanted. And that just wasn't the case. And, and I think over the last three weeks or so, with this winning streak, you've seen Mike McCarthy go back to things that, uh, that actually work with the personnel that he has. And I think that's uh, probably the biggest reason why um, you've seen the Packers bounce back in the last couple of games. 
so one thing, and I don't know if it was just the Redskins game, um, but I, I saw a good deal of the Indianapolis game. Wasn't weren't weren't turnovers another big reason that it was? Because I know in, in that Washington game, especially there were some fumbles uh, in that game. It just seemed like anytime Green Bay tried to get something going, Washington was able to flip the script on you guys with a turnover or a big play uh, or something like that. Was that something that that plagued you in that the Tennessee game? Because I was wondering how Tennessee managed to score forty seven points what is what specifically went wrong against tennessee everybody decided not to cover delaney walker that was (laughs) that 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 pretty much is is what it boils down to and and really the the run defense actually did a pretty good job aside from the 75 yard run by demarco murray on the very first play of the game outside of that the run defense looked pretty solid but marcus Mariota just carved up that injured secondary um and and walker was a big reason for that um even richard matthews got into the act as well and and so that was that was the big thing. But yeah, turnovers were were a big deal. Um, and again, the defense not forcing any of them was um, was a big part of that because you know Capers defenses have always been predicated on forcing turnovers. And uh, and when when they're not doing that, when he's not getting pressure on on the quarterback with his front four, he's going to start sending more guys, and that's going to leave uh, more holes in the secondary. Um, and and so that uh, that that's certainly. Um, was was a big factor in that stretch, and and you saw it against Seattle on on Sunday. Is all of a sudden the ball started bouncing our way. Guys are making plays on the football, and you've got these these young talented corners who are back and they look healthy, and they're uh, they're able to start getting their hands on on some passes, and uh, that that certainly was a big reason for uh, for the change this week against Seattle, and they uh, they really took advantage of those those six turnovers that we forced. Yeah, I th- I think that um, you know it. Number one, uh, you and I talked about this in in the preview of the season, was that you guys were finally to hap to, or happy to finally I should say get Seattle in Lambeau uh, for a change to finally flip the uh, the location on that. So you're probably feeling pretty good about going into that game, but I don't think you guys thought you'd win by. 28 points running away in that game against the team that was the the clear number two in the nfc until they lost that game no absolutely and i actually still picked seattle to win even knowing that they had struggled so much outside of of uh their their home stadium at CenturyLink. um i just thought that jimmy graham was going to go off against this that defense um i thought that uh that the running game would have a little bit of trouble containing thomas rawls and, and russell wilson and um and I was very pleasantly surprised to be proven wrong by by that, as well as by you know Aaron Rodgers just carving up that uh, that secondary for the Seahawks. So that was that was a fun one to watch. Um, but yeah, there's there's no question that that we we were shocked to see that that result play out the way it did. But uh, it's interesting because in the last three games against Seattle, think about what's happened. These last two have been at Lambeau. The Packers have won by 10 and won by 28, which are the only two losses that Seattle has by double digits in the Russell Wilson era. Um, And then the game before that was the NFC Championship game where they got out to the big lead and forced another four uh, interceptions out of Wilson. So it kind of seems like Don Capers has Russell Wilson's number right now um, when he's got a full complement of players and when the team basically doesn't just go into turtle mode in the second half. And uh, it's it's it has definitely been fun these last two games to to beat them at home. And I think you saw it on the faces of the Packers players towards the end of that game, um, just how happy it made them to lay not just a win, but a whooping on on that Seattle team that's given us so given the Packers so many fits over the, the last several years. 
So now uh, something else that we talked about when we were looking at the schedule at the beginning of the season, we enter the final three weeks of the year, and now the Bear, or excuse me, the, the Packers are running that gauntlet of all three division teams to close out the year. You start with the Bears this Sunday, next week at home for your season finale against Minnesota, then on the road to Detroit with, if you guys keep winning, could very well be for the division at Detroit to close out the year on January 1st. So, you know, if uh, to, to be able to run out the string, though, it's probably be a pretty big deal for you guys to be playing for something week 17 because right now there's a two-game you're two games back on on Detroit uh, going into the the last three games of the season. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny how it sets up, and I think the I think if you ask any of the Packers, you know, if, if they're excited about it, they they'd obviously tell you that they are, and that they're gonna, um, you know, that, that it's easy to get motivated for divisional games, and it's it's even easier to get up for them when um, when you really need to kind of win out the the string and uh, in order to have a chance at the playoffs. But I think the interesting thing is going to come down to that Week 17 game because. If the Packers can win in Chicago this week, and if they can beat Minnesota next week, um, they all they need to do is have Detroit lose one of these next two games, and those are two tough games. That they play at the Giants on Sunday afternoon this week, and then they play at the Cowboys next week on Monday night. And so, if you ask me, there's no, I don't see any chance that uh, the, that the Lions are going to sweep both of those games on the road against against playoff teams. Um, and so as long as the Packers can can do their part, um, win these next two games, I, I definitely think that uh, that game at, at Ford Field in Week 17 is going to be for the division and, and for a home playoff game. So it's uh, it's going to be a fun a fun last couple weeks and a, a fun end of the season. But um, yeah, I think uh, when you know three weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers started the run the table talk, I think everybody thought that that he was crazy, especially with the, the Seahawks game coming up. But um, it it certainly looks plausible at this point. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say likely just because it's it's so tough to win any any football game, but especially uh, any divisional games. But uh, yeah, it's it's at least plausible at this point still. Yeah, and and it really does kind of set up for that game to be for the division. You know, the the Packers have the three divisional games in a division that they've owned for the better part of the last twenty years or so. And you know, the the Lions have to go through the gauntlet of two defenses that are playing about as good as you can uh, at this point. I mean, if you saw that Sunday night game, a ten to seven, you know, final score, you know, for those two, you know, those offenses that are playing well, the defense has just played better. Uh, in that game shut down I mean Ezekiel Elliott ran well but they pretty much shut down everybody else and you know the Giants able to to force turnovers and win that game and that's what the Lions are running into uh, the next two weeks Uh, so and then you know you guys have the Bears and and the Vikings which on paper uh, should be relatively easy games for the Packers to win yeah, in in theory at least, and and one other thing I noticed today that um, about the Lions' schedule this year that that blew my mind is that they will have played thirteen of their sixteen games this season indoors. Yeah, it's it's insane, and and so far the only two games they've played outside were at Green Bay in Week Three when they lost, and at Chicago in Week Four, which they lost, and so so based on that, um, I, I don't frankly I don't think I think they're going to get get beat up on by the Giants this week. I really do. Um, again, that one's at MetLife in, in East Rutherford. That's going to be a cold game, too, I think. Um, yeah. Because that cold front is going to you know, stretch out to the East Coast. 
So I, I think the Giants put a hurt on him this week, and then you know we'll see what what Dallas does. But uh, yeah, it's it's just fascinating how that worked out. So so I'm looking at their schedule now. Their road games at Indianapolis, Green Bay, and Chicago on the road. You know those are your two outdoor games. But then Houston, Minnesota, New Orleans, again all domes, and then the the Dallas game in two weeks. So it's it's bizarre that uh, that they've had so many opportunities to play inside this season. Yeah, and I think it was uh, when I was talking to Jeremy at the beginning of the season, we ran down the schedule. He made a point to, you know, to point that out that, uh, you know, they only play like three or four outdoor games all season uh, this year. It just kind of uh, turned out uh, that way. And I think it was was you that mentioned to me that uh, like Minnesota is the furthest west that the Packers go yeah. this season <laughs> as far yep. as their traveling schedule is concerned and. You know, I think Jacksonville was the furthest trip that you make, and you made that week one. So, you know, this is not a team that's got to worry about travel fatigue or anything like that uh, uh, this season. So going into these last three games, or actually just going into this game in particular against Chicago, because I am really, really interested in watching this game because this is a team right now, in my opinion, I don't know how closely you've been paying attention to the Bears the last few weeks. They should be on a three-game winning streak right along with you guys uh, at this point. They definitely should have beaten Tennessee if we didn't have our seventh-string wide receiver trying to catch a fourth-quarter touchdown pass. Um, we, you know, we stomped San Francisco, which we should have because they're just an abomination of a football team right now. And then at the very least, we just, we should have taken that game to overtime against Detroit uh, yeah. last week. Barkley is playing better than anyone could have expected him to, especially with the slew of receivers that he has with him. And the defense has really kind of stepped up to where they're the only team all season, the Bears, to pick Stafford off more than once in a football game all year. He has seven interceptions. Four of them came against the Bears. So, I mean, you know, this is a team where I'm interested to see how we're going to be able to handle the Green Bay game. Hopefully, if if it doesn't get too big for them, this might actually be an interesting slugfest we get to watch on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, their their defense is is light years better than than what the Packers saw in in Week Seven. On, yeah, on that Thursday night game, um, and I think yeah, it all starts with uh, with the front seven. Um, from from what I've seen, I mean Leonard Floyd looks like he's he's developed um, quite a bit over this last half a season or so. Um, he's looking a lot stronger. Just you know, but both against the the pass and and against the run, and just in in general, the run defense looks uh, looks pretty strong. So I think um, you're you're going to see from the Packers a lot of the same sorts of things you normally see. They'll they'll use the run to set up the pass. Um, you'll see Rodgers throw you know a lot of kind of intermediate routes, and then you know a lot of the deep routes along the sideline, um, just because he doesn't like those those deep routes over the middle. But um, yeah, I think that the secondary is probably where you're going to have to. Uh, to, to attack the, the Bears defense, and you're going to need to um, to have a really good day from the Packers offensive line to to keep Rodgers uh, upright, especially with that calf injury that he's nursing now. That's um, it, it's it's something I'm concerned about. I'm not necessarily concerned, but not worried. I guess if that uh, if that's a, a, an accurate description. Sure. I think the the way they've described it is it's not as bad as the injury he had two years ago in in 2014 when. Um, we had hit that left calf injury. Um, so as far as the severity, at least, but, you know, certainly I don't want him taking any hits, but, uh, at least as far as pass blocking goes, the, the Packers offensive line has done a really good job, even with a couple of, of key players missing some time. 
So that that'll be the the big battle that I'm going to be watching um, on Sunday is as the Packers offensive uh, offensive line against the Bears front. Yeah, and the matchup that I'll be watching is Aaron Rodgers versus our secondary because <laughs> you were talking about not wanting to have a second year undrafted rookie free agent or you know in your secondary. Well, I think that's all we have back there, and Adrian <laughs> Amos. So that's uh, you know we, we've we've got youth and people nobody wanted on our secondary uh, right now. So that that'll be my big concern. You know, it it'll be a huge selling point that our front seven get after Rodgers and get after him early and often to either try to make him run on that calf so he hobbles himself in some way or you know to just uh kind of get him happy feet which is not like aaron Rodgers, but you know that's the the main concern for me is rogers getting rid of that football and him outsmarting our secondary which considering what we have back there probably won't be as hard as it sounds um so that's my big concern uh going into the into the game on Sunday is is that matchup unfolding where Rodgers just takes advantage of the the youth and experience that we have out there and kind of carves us up because he's getting rid of the football in two seconds and even that's not even that's you know not enough time for our pass rush to get there yeah and I think um, as far as the rest of the Packers offense goes I think you're you're finally have seen the torch cast from from James Starks to Ty Montgomery as far as the the, the so-called featured running back role goes. Um, it, it's it's about time that they finally just call a spade a spade and admit that Ty Montgomery is a running back. <laughs> right. I think that was uh, that was a long time coming at this point. And and I mean McCarthy even said it this week. He's like, well, Ty hasn't even practiced with or he hasn't sat in a meeting room with the the receivers in months. So um, I, I think that was one of the weird little subplots of this Packers season, especially ar- around the fantasy football community was. Well, is is Montgomery a receiver? Is he a running back? You know, what should he qualify as for from fantasy perspective? And you've got some sites like ESPN that that flipped the switch and, and gave him running back eligibility early on. You've got uh, like Yahoo that was waiting for um, for the team to officially list him as a running back before changing anything. And I don't know, it was just one of those kind of weird, funny subplots to the the season all all the way through. But even uh, before, even when he was drafted, Montgomery was he was a weird fit as a receiver. And he wasn't really used as a true wideout at Stanford anyway. Um, he's just got a strange receiver build. He's six foot and two twenty, which is not a, a typical build for a receiver. That that's obviously much more of a running back build. Right. And I think it's just natural for uh, for him to make that transition. And it's it's interesting that it was made out of necessity just due to the injury situation at running back. But um, I, I think ultimately it's going to be where he has the the potential to make the biggest impact. And, uh, and be his best as an NFL player uh, is it running back rather than a receiver anyway. So on the defensive side, and we'll go ahead and wrap up on, on this, and, you know, what's what's going on with, with Clay Matthews? I mean, I've, I've been reading that he's just basically been like a situational guy on third down to try to protect him uh, with the shoulder problem that he's had. I, I don't even think he played against the Bears week seven. Um you know, on Thursday night or whatever, is 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 he finally going to start taking all the snaps, or is he still going to be a situational guy, or has it been working out for you guys to keep him situational at this point? So I, I still expect that he's going to just come in nickel and dime, you know, third downs. Um, they it was funny because even last week, um, they only played him on the left side because it's his right shoulder that's been bothering him, and so when you put that right shoulder 
the, the injured shoulder on the outside, that makes it really tough to to make any moves on an offensive lineman. So they exclusively put him on the left where he could use his his stronger left shoulder um, to to you know, do some of those swim swim moves and rip moves and things, uh, his different, various pass rushing moves. Um, and I don't I don't see that changing this week. I mean, he's still listed on the injury report. He practiced most of uh, looked like he was a full participant yesterday and and I think today as well. But I, I'm still not convinced that that. He definitely isn't 100. percent That much is for sure, and um, yeah, he's been he's been getting in the order of maybe 20 to 25 snaps a game these last couple games. Whereas you're seeing guys like uh, Julius Peppers and Dayton Jones in the 40s and 50s. Um, so those are your primary outside linebackers at this point, and you're seeing a little bit more of a variation on the defensive line as far as who's who's lining up there. But yeah, Matt, don't look for Matthews to be an impact player this week, or I, I honestly don't expect him to be you know have a have a major impact. Uh, the the rest of this season, I think it's going to be probably until the off season that uh, that he's actually back to normal. But uh, again, the secondary getting healthy has been a huge help, and um, we've actually also started to see one of our rookies, Dean Lowry, is a defensive end, number ninety four. He's actually really picked it up these last couple games. Um, he's a he, Chicago fans probably aware of him since he played at Northwestern, but uh, he's a he's a big guy. He's a, a perfect fit as, in that kind of interior pass rushing role. That the Packers like to use in, the, in their nickel, um, their nickel defense, and so he's he's a guy to watch out for. He's had uh, sacks in two straight games now, and uh, he's he's been really helping take the load off of some of the, the linebackers because he's getting some pressure up the middle. So, final question uh, for you: What's the confidence level for you guys going into this game? Do the Bears scare you guys at all? Do they make you nervous at least? What I mean, I know you probably feel good about winning the game on sunday considering you haven't lost in soldier field since jesus was a baby but um you know what what is the confidence level going into this game uh on sunday as far as packers fans as a whole um i'd say about a nine out of ten as far as me personally i always get antsy anytime you have a divisional game that everybody starts taking for granted and that's what I'm a little uncomfortable about is, you know, you get, again, Rodgers with that, that leg injury, with the weather conditions going to be funky. Um, I, I, I can just as easily see this being one of those games where nothing goes right for the Packers and just weird crap happens throughout the game. Um, and, and just like unexplainable things are going on and somehow, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the Bears have a lead in the fourth quarter just as easily as, you know, the, the, the Packers running up a, you know, a, a three touchdown lead in the first half. Right. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people expect. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this will be close. Um, I still think the Packers pull off a win, but um, I, I do I do think it's going to be a lot closer than many people, many uh, Packers fans at least expect. And I, I guarantee you that this is not one of those things that Mike McCarthy will let his team take for granted, um, regardless of the the feelings of, of Packers nation or, or any of the sentiments outside of uh, the locker room. So it'll be a fun one to watch for sure. But um, yeah, personally I'm, I'm much more concerned. I feel like about this game than most Packers fans are. Ooh, actually I got one more for you. Uh, It's something that's been bothering me uh, as a bears fan with the year that they've been having since the bears turned it about one in six, right before that, that Minnesota game where we demolished them on Monday night football out of nowhere. Um, all I've been hearing from Bear fans, and I'm not a big fan of it, I just want to get your take on it, is 
basically they're they're upset at this point they're upset about the bears winning games because it hurts draft position is that is that something that you would personally like agree with say for instance you know if god forbid the shoe was on the other foot the packers are three and ten right now they're going into this game against the bears you don't want them to win because you want them to stay at number four or even lose so they could you know maybe move up to three or or god forbid i mean you want your team to win right you you know loss and this this is my take i want my team to win no matter what losses are at best a silver lining so we can keep a higher draft position but when it comes to sundays i want to see my team come out on top i am in 100 percent agreement with you and it is that much I, I feel that much more strongly um that way when it's a divisional game like this against your biggest rival there's no excuse as far as i'm concerned for a bears or packers fan to ever think that the the more preferable option is losing to the other team and if nothing else if bears fans are listening to this and and feel like you want to see the bears lose this game remember that if the packers win we tie the bears in the all-time series for the first time since 1933 yeah i mentioned i mentioned that already i've mentioned that yeah okay so if that's not enough to to convince you that uh that you should be cheering for the bears to win this game then i don't think there's anything else i can say Amen. And that's why I like you, Evan. Even though you're a Packer <laughs> fan, that's why I like having you on the show. You you have some nervousness about the game on Sunday. You're not one of these crazy, cocky uh, Packer fans. And you you subscribe to my theory about I want my team to win regardless. I mean, we'll worry about the draft when the draft comes. And people are so consumed with how the season is going that their minds are already in April and the draft in Philadelphia. You know, it's like the hell with that. I want the Bears to win now. Whatever draft choice we end up with that's the one that we get i'm worried about the bears winning at this point so i appreciate uh i appreciate that you're on my side uh with that so and i have mentioned a few times that if if you have no other motivation you want the bears to win so that we can keep the edge in the series you know that's that's what you want that it's what 90 92 and 91 and six or something like that and we want to we want it to it's, stay i think that. now it's yeah 90 93 92 and six I, I think i just looked it up today and i mean look think think about it last last year on thanksgiving it was the same situation and that's yep. i mean that's part of the reason why i feel anxious about this game is because i saw it happen last year when everybody just expected that we'd come into you know come, come into lambo on on thanksgiving night with Favre in town and bart star in town and just roll right over the bears and yeah, not not so much. So yeah. that's I've I've seen too many goofy things happen in these games over the years to to just assume that uh, that we're going to run away with this one. Yeah, and it always kind of seems that in these situations, the team that shouldn't win is the one that always ends up winning yep. these games. So uh, to take that uh, for what you will. So, Evan, thanks again uh, for being on the show. We look forward to having you. Uh, back on again in the uh, future and uh, let's hope everyone comes out healthy including your I made a deal with the devil quarterback and uh, you know see if his leg is still attached to the rest of his body when the when the clock strikes zero on Sunday afternoon yeah certainly hope so we're gonna we're gonna need him down the stretch regardless of what happens on Sunday so it should uh, it should be a fun one so again uh, always a pleasure Uh, look forward to to doing it again in the offseason and go pack go all right, so Evan Western, Acme Packing Company on SB Nation, helping us preview the Bears and the Packers for week number 15.
So there you have it, folks. The preview for the Bears and the Packers from the lips of myself and Evan Western from Acme Packing Company. Like I said, always enjoy uh, having him uh, on the show. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I want it to be competitive, not the boring joke that the first game was. Uh, I mean, it was Thursday night. It was the terrible uniforms. It was you know the short week and and not really neither team really looked prepared until green bay kind of took off in the second half because the bears if you remember were only down six to three at halftime and had a 10-6 lead in the third quarter until you know aaron Rodgers kind of took over the ball game and the bears ended up losing that game 20 26 to 10 you know really just kind of took over uh in the fourth quarter there but um you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that, and I think it will be, a more competitive game between the two unless, of course, you know, Rodgers just kind of owns the thing from the very beginning. And that's the kind of thing the Bears are going to want to try to avoid uh, on offense to hang on to the ball as long as possible, uh, score as often as they possibly can. I know that's the object of every stinking game, but still, you know, even if we're putting field goals uh, on the board, uh, you know, hanging on to the ball long enough to get the ball, uh, you know, in the end zone or through the uprights, one of the two, and just, uh, you know, stay in this thing until the very end. I mean, if, if anything, that's the one cool thing that's happened since uh, Barkley took over at quarterback is that the Bears have been in all these games uh, towards the end. You know, even the Giants game, you want to go back to that one. Uh, you know, the last four games, the Giants – the Titans, the you know the Forty ers That was just a fun game to watch, just because the Bears are murdering them. And then last week against uh, against Detroit, you know, would like to see that competitiveness. That you know, for the for the game to still be in doubt in the fourth quarter would be nice, win or lose, uh, for the Bears. So that's basically all I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping for right now, because of course everything on paper says Green Bay should win this game. You know, nobody's really saying that Green Bay is going to murder the bears or that it's going to be a you know a blowout or the bears shouldn't bother showing up and i think that's because the defense is playing so well right now that uh you know the defense wasn't the reason that we lost that game last week against the uh against the lions penalties and our and our own mistakes on offense from time to time was one of the, was the main reason especially towards the end uh that we couldn't get uh, get by the lions uh last week but um you know, I, I, I'm I'm really interested to see what this team is going to be able to do uh, against the uh, against the Packers uh, on Sunday, and I want to see how much that weather is going to affect everybody, not just the Bears or the Packers. And, and you know, I would actually like to see um, if the Bears can can extend that uh, winning streak as far as these horribly cold weather games are concerned because that that frigid day in 07 where the bears ended up destroying the packers and that uh that even colder day a year later in 2008 the bears won both of those games so uh you know maybe that's what it is uh, you know that the bears just need those frigid temperatures to kind of slow down the green bay offense and we'll just kind of take it from there you know so that would be nice and uh, to see if we can get a repeat of Thanksgiving night from a year ago and, and walk away with a victory in, in a in a in a situation where the Bears shouldn't win I would enjoy that I would enjoy that very much so uh hopefully we can avoid the sweep 
keep the all-time series edge over Green Bay and uh, go into these last two games against the Skins and the Vikings with our with uh, you know with a little bit of momentum, you know, knowing that we should most likely be on a four-game winning streak. So there you go. So anyway, I think that's going to do it for us uh, for the preview episode for week number fifteen. Uh, come back on Monday when we'll review this game and, uh, you know, review the ins and outs. We'll have knee-jerk reactions and everything in between uh, to uh, review this game between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. <laughs>